We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius, and this is eventually going to be a Nuggets preview, uh, but we need to talk about the Clippers. Um, this may even be two separate pods, depending on how long we go on it. But we LA their some, way, Pete. Some... Hey, man. You didn't have to drive through that crap, man. You didn't have to, like, drive down the 10 and be like, really? Really? That's so lame. All right. Speaking of lame, the Clippers <laughs> blow pulled up a, lame. They pulled, they pulled up lame. Up blowing a 3-1 lead, losing double-digit leads in each of, the, each of the last three games of the second round, and extending their streak of missing the conference finals to 50 years, the longest in professional sports. I am... In some ways, I'm stunned, and in some ways, I'm not. I'm, I guess I'm starting with my own yes and no. This, that team had a lot of talent on it. But if you watched them, and you watched them just strictly for the basketball and not for the reputation, they were never that good in the first place. And that's been true for a while now. 
Like, on opening night, you know, they were without PG. We were playing Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels and Jared Dudley. All three guys were on our rotation. We were a very different team, right? So maybe at that time, yes, they were a, a better team than the Lakers. But that team had issues on the court and off of it and it led to one of just one of the most stunning results and now we see our ourselves with the a, a Lakers Nuggets Western Conference Finals Darius what the hell happened to the Clippers you you know like hindsight always offers you all of the stuff that you feel like you should have seen like in the moment right mm-hmm. um I think a bunch of things can be true at the same time for a team like like the Clippers. I think they can be like a really good team. There were parts of that Denver series where they looked outright dominant. Like defensively, they looked really good, especially to me is, defensively. But people only saw the good in that team. Yeah. It's not that I'm not saying that they weren't they weren't bad, but they had issues on the court. It's got nothing to do with narrative, nothing to do with expectation that yeah. Like that played out in the playoffs, man, and like if but people only chose to see the good in that team. The way that I would frame the Clippers to me is, um, to me, they're almost three separate teams, right? And we saw this sort of last year with Toronto, um, where Toronto was like the version with Kawhi and the version without Kawhi, right? And both of those teams were really good, mm-hmm. and then when they. <clears throat> when they were able to win the championship, they ran into some injury luck and some other stuff. But what we saw was that both of those versions, the with Kawhi and the without Kawhi versions, were both needed in order to get to the championship and win it, basically, right? Like, I would argue that that um, that Toronto team really needed, like, that top-level Kawhi to beat the 76ers, for example, right, where in that final game, he scored 40-something points, he almost shot 40 times, like, he basically put that team on on his back when no one else really had had it going, and he won them a critical game, game seven, and then I would say against the Bucks and then against the Warriors, it was a much more balanced and team effort, right, where, like, guys like Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam and Marc Gasol, right, like, that, that, that sort of secondary group, but the group that thrived when Kawhi sat out so many games because of load management and and injury stuff, that that team sort of came more to the forefront. When I look at this Clippers team this year, I think that they had very similar issues. They were, you had like Lou and Montrez, right, who were sort of the whole, and Pat Beverly, who were sort of the holdover guys from last year. The heart and soul, yeah. Right? And then you had, like, the PG and Kawhi Clippers, right? And then I feel like you had the versions of that team where one of those guys was out. And I think that the way that that manifested itself, and then you sort of even had maybe even a fourth version, which was, like, the post-tread that post-trade deadline version that brought in Marcus Morris, right? And then brought in Reggie Jackson, like off off of the buyout market. And I think what you saw with this team and I think where it developed most was in like that chemistry side, right? Where like, I feel like almost all those versions of those teams were never able to click in the way that the, that those like, Kawhi, non-Kawhi Raptors 
were, right? Like those guys were able to click and this Clippers team was not. And I think to to a very large extent, what did them in was this idea that A, like we've got so much talent, we're so much better than everyone else, like, and we're going to be arrogant and we're going to laugh at teams. We're going to laugh at Damian Lillard. We're going to laugh at like some of the Mavericks players, right? Like there's that famous clip of like them laying off Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And then when he shoots shooting a jumper, like Patrick Beverly is like laying out over the little blockage thing. Right. And they're Mm -hmm. just laughing at him. Right. And that comes from this lack of respect and sort of this idea of appropriate fear that you're supposed to have. Yeah. Like uh, let, let let me ask you that. Just this lack of respect thing, I, I, I want to zero in on that. Lack of respect for what or for whom? I think for the, like, for the opponent and on a certain level for the game itself, right? Yes. Like, like there is this idea that like we can turn it on and turn it off. Like we're better than these guys. All we have to do is sort of play our guys and play our style and we're going to win irrespective of what the opponent's doing because we're we just, just better show than up. them. Yeah. Because we're and that much better. That, and, and let me be clear on this. In game six and game seven of the Clippers series versus the Nuggets, they played hard. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't them, like, not trying, right, or coasting. They played hard. Denver took it to them and then took it from them in a way that I don't think the Clippers expected. And then I think you saw that in Game 7 where things got tight for them and suddenly Denver steamrolled them in a way that, like, look, I'm not an, I'm not an impartial observer. I'm not an unbiased person mm-hmm. when it comes to this. I, 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 I was going to enjoy watching the Clippers lose if they lost. They lost, and I enjoyed it. Like, mm-hmm. not because I didn't want to see the big, bad Clippers, like, in the con- conference finals. No, it, no. Well, it, like, it no, wasn't no. that. I thought that no. would have been a good matchup. I think that the Clippers do have a certain amount of respect for the Lakers, even if they still try to talk down to them, right? And, and you can tell by how the Clippers get up for the games against the Lakers that that's the case, right? That said... I enjoyed watching them lose for the same way that I in wa- that that I enjoy watching almost every front runner lose, right? Which is like basically get over your damn self. Yeah. Like respect the game, respect yes. your opponent, go out there and compete hard the way that you're supposed to compete and let the chips fall. Like and if people believe in like karma or like the basketball gods, I I wish I wish I could have like Grant on like retainer, Grant Goldberg, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Because I would have had some, I would have had him like splice in a clip of some like imaginary basketball god swatting away some of those m- missed that, like, layups. Missed layups right in, yeah, at the like rim that the Clippers were Paul missing. Paul George's jumper, you know, three feet to the right. Right? Like, yeah. look, man, Kawhi <laughs> missed like four or five bunnies in the paint. Paul George missed a layup. Lou Williams missed it. He missed it. Kawhi was layup. like 0 for 10 or 1 for 11 in the second half, man. It was. Like, yeah, that's some, the, the basketball gods definitely intervened. Right? So there was yeah. a little bit of that. And I'm sorry, man. Like, everyone loves a little bit of Schadenfreude. And that's what that was. And so, mm-hmm. like, I enjoyed it. I don't give a damn. Like, 
the fact that this isn't the matchup that we were expecting for the Lakers, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, ev- like they were supposed to play the Clippers. Guess who didn't get the memo? The Clippers. Mm-hmm. The Clippers didn't get the memo. Right? Oh no, because they got they they took the memo too seriously though. They didn't do what needed to be done to get there. We were supposed to play the Clippers, man. The Clippers are better than the Nuggets. Like they've got more talent than the Nuggets. You can't sure. st- you can't skip steps though, right? There's something, and this is something that we've seen firsthand as Laker fans. Yeah, is how much better this team has gotten over the course of the year. This isn't the same team that started the season, right? And a big part of that is the leader, the leadership of this team on every level, really. Nothing was presumed. Hard work has been put in and time has been put in. And the value of people and the value of working together and not just being a collection of people, but a cohesive group of people, all of those, all of those things are valued. And so we work together and we've gotten better and we find ourselves... In a good spot, right? That's why we yeah. got here. They had absolutely, and they know this, how capable they were. That's That was the um, basis for the disrespect, as you call it, right? Is that they were better, right? They were this, what, 48-win team last year? They traded out a couple guys, but they got a couple stars back. And they're supposed to be, I mean, it, it seems like an A plus B, right? 48-win team had a, a superstar and a, and a really good all-star in Paul George, you know, that's a great team, right? Um, but just the degree of benefit of the doubt yeah. that was extended. We're guilty of this too, man. Like, for most of the year, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if, I don't know if we could play Rondo against the Clippers, man. We're, we're not going to beat them. And, 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 like, looking back, I'm like, what did they do to earn that? What did they do to earn, like, I understand the on paper, but, like, the... I don't know, man. Like, what happens on the court's got to matter. And just the, the extraordinary benefit of the doubt that it was extended, um, I don't know, Yeah, man. I would say this, that at their best, right, and I think that they showed their best at several points throughout the season, at their best, um, the Clippers did look like, like a championship favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Their best was not frequent enough. But I think that what ended up happening was that a lot of people, and maybe even the Clippers themselves, but a lot of outsiders as well, and people just like you and me, fans, all the way up to like hardcore analysts who watch the game day in and day out, that they took for granted that the best, that their best could just be conjured and could yes, be summoned. That's exactly right. Where was it? They got rolled in the la- in the second half of those th- those three games. The Nuggets were the better team. You don't beat a team four times out of out of seven, right? Without being the better team. Now, what I said earlier, like the the Clippers, like they should be here. We had a date, right? Yeah. Um, and due to their collection of talent, but yeah, like that conjuring, that assumption of conjuring that, like, no, you're able to get there because you've accessed it before. You know, you know exactly what this particular group needs to do to play their best. And because you've done it before and you've you failed on some things, but you know, a couple things worked. So you kept that and you built off of it. And that's that's that continuing like that continual self-scouting, 
figuring out, oh, hey, yeah, we, we're pretty good at these couple things, but yo, we're getting beat on back cuts, right? We get beat on back cuts all the time. What's the deal with that? And then you explore that and decide like, oh, well, this is how we're getting back cut because maybe we're playing a little too aggressively on yeah. the wing and teams teams have identified that. And say it's Crusoe. This is something Crusoe would get back cut on a lot, right? And then, you know, you go in film session, hey, you're getting back cut a lot. and But it's like that and then you figure out the fix on that you you know play a little off or adjust however you need to but you never get to that realization without the game tape without the experiences the reps the possessions of the oh we're good at these three things but this one thing needs work if you never go through that how are you going to be able to access your very best like your very best becomes more dependent upon the conditions of your opponent and what your yeah. opponent is like and maybe they let you, but best teams, like it don't matter if you let us or not. We're going to get to this version of ourselves, whether you like it or not. Well, there's a certain amount of adjustments, right? And so I'll pivot here to like the Lakers, right? Over the course of both their first and second round series, I felt like they were able to call on the best version of themselves after after they hit some adversity, whether it was like a game one loss. So the other day, sorry, there's a sidetrack here, but the other day um, I wrote about LeBron and just sort of this idea of playoff LeBron, right? And I sort of opened the story with what he said, like almost or a little bit over 18 months ago when and where people sort of snickered at him with this idea that he was going to activate playoff LeBron, Right. Mm-hmm. You 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 remember him sure. saying that like mm-hmm. like in the press. And then, you know, over the next 15 games, the Lakers went four and 11. Yeah. Right. And they basically got eliminated from the playoffs. And everyone was just like, oh, yeah, activate playoff LeBron. Right. right? Like uh-huh. you sure look activated LeBron. And I sort of wrote in my piece that that was probably like the origin story of 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 the washed king. Right. Oh, because yeah. like this has been a, wasn't, this has been, been a revenge season all year long. I, I'm wondering when people in the national media are going to start picking up on that. But this has been a like, oh, oh, that's what you think of me. And it ain't just LeBron on this team. But yeah, there's a lot of that for sure. So when I was when when I was writing my like my piece, I went and I went to the NBA.com stat site and I watched every single made basket from LeBron during these these playoffs, right? And mm. one thing that stood out to me Besides just how great a player LeBron is and just how easy he can make it look sometimes, especially when it's make after make after make, right? Like I wasn't watching the misses. I was only watching the makes. And so some of that then starts to look routine and he makes it look look easy. So besides that, one of the things that stood, stood out to me was like the scoreboard when he was making these these plays, right? So the Lakers won each series 4-1. As each series went on, they both looked less and less competitive. But one of the things that stood stood out to me was like, oh, it's game three versus the Blazers and the Lakers are down and they're down in like the third quarter. Right. Or they're down at halftime. And it's sort of just like, wait, I don't remember it like this. And even against Houston, like like they were Uh down. Right. And so Uh there is a certain amount of like sort of like dissonance that exists when your team advances the way that the Lakers have. Sure, right? that it was all great, vic- right? Like, 4-1 yeah. victories. Uh-huh. Oh, they rolled these guys, gentlemen sweep. Like, they were up yeah. by 20 and Everything the final was game. perfect. Everything yeah. was great. But that's not actually what it was. And, right. and I, like, I bring that up because the Lakers have faced some, diver- some, some adversity 
these these playoffs. They did lose the opening game of each series. They were down in several other games against capable teams, teams that at the time the narrative was, hey, these teams can really give the Lakers problems, right? Mm -hmm. And so their ability then to continue to adapt and refine and look at themselves and then play better and tweak things and make a lineup change and everyone continuing to buy in in order to then at the end of those series for them to win it the way that they did, that's super important. Right. And that level of self-examination that you were describing just now. Right. That and that idea of like conjuring the best version of like like of yourselves and that in order to do that, it does take reps. It does take a certain amount of buy in. It does take this idea that like, no, we actually can improve. We do need to 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 be introspective about what our issues are Always. and, and Always. then adapt and then try to be better and lock in and actually do those things better in order to win. The Lakers have done that. And there is a resiliency that is inherent in that. And if you go back now to like the Clippers versus, versus the Nuggets, it's very clear now who the more resilient team was, who was the team who had more idea of who they were as a group and what they needed to do and how they could come together in order to become the best versions of themselves. And it's the team who the Lakers are facing in the Western Conference Finals, not the one that is on a plane home. And if there's one big point and a big takeaway that I think matters for these Clippers now is like... They need to dig deep and they need to look at themselves because if they bring this same team back next year and in a way they probably should just because of like the salary cap issues and who the contracts are Mm -hmm. like and all of the sort of minutia and team building stuff that exists within this league like they're going to need to sort of understand that that. We need to come together. But guess what? I'm laughing that it didn't this past year because it was funny to me. It was funny that you could be so arrogant and think you were good. That's why I tweeted what I tweeted after the game, right? Because it started the second the Woj bomb came, right? Mm-hmm. Like basically Woj says Kawhi Leonard is chosen the Clippers. And guess what? Oklahoma City is trading Paul George. And then... Within 15 minutes, there's that asinine video of Pat Bev and Lou Will in a Vegas casino hallway, and they're basically like, oh, the price going up. Like they're fucking Oh, I, I Marlo- love you. I love you like for this rant because I can't give it. Oh, thank you for this. Like they're fucking Marlo Stanfield, right? Getting up from, from, from the meeting table like, oh, and by the way, the price of the brick going up. no. Actually, it's not. Price of the brick is exactly the same. In fact, it's probably depreciated because the dudes who thought they were going to be at the top of the damn league are now going home with their tail between their legs. And so just like Dame said, let Pat Bev jump on the beach and go work out in some Tims again because these dudes need to get their act together. That's it. Uh, I could kiss you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Talk some more Clippers. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. 
Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. This is their best offer available anywhere. So right now, go to Indeed.com backslash podcast. Terms and conditions apply, and the offer is valid through September 30th. The NBA and NHL are playing for gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day and all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. From a basketball perspective, first off, thank you for that rant before the, the break. That was cathartic and um, needed to be said. From a basketball standpoint, and this is going to get into, I guess we'll transition into whenever we start talking about Denver. You need to be, the practical application of those reps and of putting that time in is so that you can shapeshift. The playoffs are about shapeshifting, right? It's about playing one team. And so like playing the Houston Rockets is in some ways a different game than playing the Denver Nuggets, right? And the ways in which you beat them are not the same. And, and, Basketball has so many different decision trees and so many algorithmic, if you do this, then the defense does that. And it's this constant dance of adjustments and understanding personnel. That's the thing, too. I, I, I feel like people like me can, who, who really like the X's and O's, we can overvalue them as opposed to the, the personnel. That's, I think, going to be a big thing in the Lakers-Denver series. I don't know how yeah. they defend LeBron and Anthony Davis. I know that's really not high-level analysis, but just from a personnel standpoint, it's it's going to be tough for them. But from an internal spec- perspective, right, like that idea of introspection that you were talking about before the break of looking at yourself and not just being like, hey, I'm the shit, you know, like just constantly and, and defending yourself. That's one thing that we we as people always – it's always our first inclination when when we get criticism is to defend ourselves. Well, yeah, well, no, you don't understand. And, and a lot of times people don't, right? Like you, we have reasons for defending ourselves, but we also got to be able to like listen. Or if we're not lucky enough to have people around us that tell us when we're full of shit, to be able to look at ourselves and be like, oh, I was obviously wrong about this. Yeah. Why was I obviously wrong about this? Like, it's okay to be wrong. We're all like wrong and sometimes spectacularly. All of us are. Um, but can you be like, oh, I, you know, like, why was I wrong? As opposed to like, oh, well, I wasn't actually wrong because of this bullshit and that bullshit and this bullshit. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's that's really important on a basketball team is to be able to be in a film room and to be everybody understanding what they're watching, right? This is what we're supposed to be doing right now. 
and then being able to and have the, the your leaders and your stars like Anthony Davis the dynamic between AD and LeBron is so perfect because when LeBron will take plays off it will be on the defensive end yeah right and AD is the best defensive player in the game his his defensive IQ on top of all of his physical gifts his defensive IQ is off the charts and he's like He's one of the few people, I think, that has the gravitas to be able to look at LeBron and be like, hey, close out to the corner next time. You know what I mean? And yeah. and and have LeBron be like, yeah, you're right. You know, like, and, and like LeBron knows it. Like, this isn't, it's not, it's not a matter of lack of knowledge. It's a matter of accountability. We all need people around us that hold us accountable. And we all need to have that sense in ourselves of holding ourselves accountable and that's how you get better and that's how a team like the Lakers got better throughout the season and that was just such a big discrepancy between the two teams because one went through that process and the other did not well I also just think too man is that as the Clippers continued to sort of add pieces I think that we say this a lot and we say it and it's cliche because it's true right like the NBA is a talent league right Mm -hmm. um and it just is and, and, and there's no getting around that. You don't win, like, you don't win the NBA championship with, like, five role players, <laughs> right? Like, as mm-hmm. like, like as your starting five. You need at least that one sort of anchor, like, top-tier player who then is sort of the guidepost for your roster, right? The thing is, though, is that when... When you just continue to like stack talent and stack talent, irrespective of how maybe those pieces fit together, right, then it starts to become a bit problematic or it like it can become problematic for you. And so in the same way that we always say that it's a talent league, the other cliche is that, well, you actually can sometimes have too much talent. What's another thing you always say, though, is it's a people business. It's also yes. that too. Like the personalities of the how they fit are. It's not just a matter of adding this basketball skill to that basketball skill. And like I, I don't know the dynamic, and I couldn't speak on it. Uh, but that's just that's something that I think is often overlooked in evaluation and in like you can you can look at individual players and see that they're phenomenal at what they do. But then it's much more difficult to project how do they fit in with this person on my team and with that person? Are they going to, are they going to get along? Are they going to work together? Are they going to hold each other accountable? Are they going to self-scout, be introspective? Can you create that dynamic, like creating that dynamic that the Lakers have this year, which yeah. is again, why we've gotten better. That is a, that's an alchemy in and of itself. It that, is. That is really like, I thought the leadership of this team, whoever made the decisions to put this group together, they nailed that alchemy because, it, it, like it, we've grown so much. I will say too, though, that like that that alchemy is evolving, that, and that alchemy takes work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's not stagnant, so, right? It, it can fall apart tomorrow, right? Well, it's like any other relationship that you're in. Yeah, great point, right? Yeah, because um, I say this a lot, right? Like I've been married now for eleven years. I hope to be married for multiple times of eleven years m- longer, right? Um, but there's a work that goes into that. There, there's a work that goes into making sure that you're being as thoughtful as you need to be 
on an everyday basis. As and, present in and the moment. And understanding yeah. when you're not as thoughtful that you acknowledge that at some point by actually owning up to that and saying, I needed to be better here mm -hmm. or sorry about my mood earlier, right? And there is, there is that give and take that happens in almost every relationship. And that's from, and I think that that's doubly so in like a professional work sports environment, right? Mm -hmm. Where that's not just an everyday job. That's not your nine to five. You're on planes with these dudes. You're on a, you're on buses with these dudes. You're in you're the in film quarantine. With these dudes. You're in a you're freaking in the bubble. <laughs> like exactly right. And, and this yeah. this season has taken those ideas to extremes. Yes. Right. And so it takes work to continuously be able to say like. Not only like that that example that you brought up earlier, which was like a hypothetical like made like like made up example right of like a d hold like like holding LeBron accountable mm -hmm. the thing is is that not only does a d need to be able to say those those things, LeBron has to be able to take that hundred right and then on top of that, he needs to be able to take that and channel it to something productive, and then the People around them need to understand that that dynamic should influence the rest of their actions, and they could do the same thing as well, right? And, and it feeds itself. It feeds so itself, yeah. that alchemy that you're discussing, those are, that's giving and taking. Those are ups and downs. Those are highs and lows that exist every day, right? And people always say, like, I think it was um, whoever did the game, the other day, game seven, was it Van Gundy and Mark Jackson? I, I can't so. remember. Mm -hmm. But um, he had made, someone had made the comment of, um, what happens when you squeeze an orange? You get orange juice. And the point was that whatever's inside of you, when the pressure comes, that's what comes out, right? And so if you're a nervous wreck inside, when you get squeezed, What's going to come out is all of that nervousness and all of that like lack of self-belief that, that exists. When pressure got put on the Nuggets, you saw how they responded. When pressure's gotten put on the Lakers this year, for the most part, right, like 90% of the time, you've seen how, how, well, well, how they've responded. And in sort of bringing this back to like the point that we've been making about the Clippers is, is when adversity hit and when things got tough, tough for them, there was maybe more finger pointing than what you would like. There was maybe more like disagreements. There was not that sort of, that alchemy was, was not there. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I don't know if this is true or not. And so this is a hypothetical on my part, but I would venture to guess that it probably wasn't that strong or there at all for most of the year, right? Because when things are going well, and when you're that good a team, things are going to go well a lot, right? And so, so it's not going to be rare for you to sort of be like, oh, yeah, five-game winning streak, or mm -hmm. we held this team to eight points in a quarter, or look how it was close down the stretch and we put the clamps on defensively. Like, look how good we are, right? There's going to be plenty of that when you're one of the top teams in the league. But what happens when you get kicked in the face? Mm -hmm. 
right? And what happens when the 20-point lead you had is now gone? How are you going to respond to that? And the Houston series, to me, showed me something about the Lakers, right? Remember, it was game three or whatever. They were up big. It looked like they were going to go away with it. And then here comes Houston in the third, third quarter. They came all the way back, right? And then in the fourth quarter, it was back and forth for maybe a minute and a half or two minutes. And then the Lakers had enough, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're the better team. We're going to play like we're the better team. And we're going to then turn a two-point game that's back and forth, right? Like, we're up two, you're up two, it's tied, we're up two again. No, our two-point lead is now four, our four-point lead is now seven, our seven-point lead is now ten, our ten-point lead is twelve. Timeout. Yeah. And now, whatever you sort of thought that you had in terms of this back and forth is gone. That's out the window, right? And that sort of spirit... The Clippers didn't have that. And, and I don't care if, if they actually would have had it on like a different day or not when it was like when it was time to summon it, when it was time to conjure it, when it was time to come together and say, I've got your back, you've got his back, he's got my back, let's go. Yeah. They couldn't do it. And if there is an indictment on this team... For the Clippers team, that's the indictment to me. It's that idea of like, oh, well, we were so good. But actually, yeah, maybe you had a bunch of talent. And on and in an alternate universe, you would have been good, good enough. But in this version of things, where you had to be cooped up together for nearly three months, where there was no sort of escaping whatever vibes were out there, whatever sort of competing interests could not be put aside for the betterment of the group, like whether or not you choked or you weren't mentally strong enough, there was no one there to sort of pick you up and say like, no, 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 no. Like, we're in this together. We got to do it together. There was none. There, that did not exist for them. And honestly, like if I were a Clippers fan, that's what would concern me. Like I remember when the Lakers lost in 2008 against the Celtics. And that could have easily splintered that group, right? Like Pau Gasol is soft, right? Andrew Bynum I mean, her. But that's like, the thing. Any is, of that but, stuff. But we got there in the first place because of what you're about to say. Like we could have dropped, fallen in the first or second round of how, where we were the year before, right? And like if we drop in the second round or we play San Antonio in the conference finals and we lose to the the Spurs in the conference finals, that's still a successful year. So the reason they got there is what where you're going with that and like the difference. That's exactly right. And there's just a togetherness and there's a leadership and. The Clippers are going to need to do some self-examination, man. And honestly, like, I'm not, I know I make jokes on Twitter, right? Like, oh, the Clippers lost or, oh, the Celtics lost, right? Like, that's always fun, fun for me. It's just funny to get a few jabs in here here or there. There are a few teams that I revel in when, like, they sort of, like, lose. Like, you know me, man. Like, I'm one of those people who tries to see everyone else's people, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And sure. these are hard times and like being kind or 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 sort of having a certain amount of of empathy is sure. like, in my is in my nature. Right. Mm-hmm. That said, like when 
this is sports, it's not real life. And so I'm going to dance on their graves a little bit because that's just what this is. And, and, and when I look at them, I just think, man, like y'all had it all and y'all couldn't, and, and y'all couldn't pull it together. And whatever that means for that group, whatever leadership needs to do, whatever like introspection that needs to happen, whatever side conversations that need to take, to, to take place, have them, don't, we'll, we'll don't have them. I don't care, but what I do care about is they'll be having them at home while the Lakers are playing the Nuggets the next round. And that to me is like, ha ha ha, Kawhi laugh, right? I couldn't have said it any better. You put up, uh, I think you put up like 53 in this one, man. Let's wrap this up here, and uh, that'll lead us right into, I guess we're doing a back-to-back doubleheader for the first time on, on our pods. We're going to do the preview of the Lakers-Nuggets series. Ainge has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Campbell in and out. The ball is tipped and it's saved. Three seconds left. Here's Van Exel. This is for the win. He got it. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. An amazing performance by Kobe. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you That's kidding it. me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple on a fall away in the corner with a shot locked down. Lakers by three. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was Pietz was jogging back, didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Kobe Bryant picked up by Powell. There's the move. Two, one. Missing. Unbelievable. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.